Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic. So join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is EJ and I am your host for this episode. In each episode of the Paranet Podcast, we will be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life, and more. We will be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. As parents, we are always very eager and some have quoted parents as the eager beavers when it comes to teaching our children their ABCs, their basic foundations of things in life. All this with a very big aspiration, hoping to set them up as a strong foundation for learning and growth. But have you ever heard of the ABCs of parenting? If not, no worries, because today on our Parent podcast, we have a very special guest with us, and he's Joe Chan. Joe is a life coach who specializes in working with young people from the ages of 10 to 25 years old. He's also coaching parents on how to effectively communicate with their teenagers. Welcome, Joe, to our Paranet Podcast. Hey, hi, hi, everybody. Thanks, EJ, for having me here. Happy to share. Thank you so much, Joe. It's really great to have you on the Paranet Podcast. To kick us off on this episode, could you share with us a little bit more about yourself, about the work that you do, and more importantly, about your family too? I have been in the social service um, sector, so I'm actually training in social work background. I've been working with children and youth at risk, helping families, parents, overcoming some of the challenges that their kids go through and therefore also affecting them. So that was like for over close to 18 years in uh, one of the SSA the NGO. Yeah, What I'm doing currently now, um, like what you introduced, uh, coaching parents. So helping parents to communicate better with their children, uh, specifically teenagers. That is one of the group that I specialize in. I run programs, some uh, school programs, some community programs to help the young person to really discover the potential that they have in themselves. My family, that is also another interesting part of my journey. So I have two boys. Today, uh, they are 11 and 13 years old. Uh, together with my wife, who is a stay-at-home mom. It has been a very interesting journey seeing my own boys' kids grow up while at the same time, taking the lessons that I learned from the field, from the families that I work with. I think we're in for a treat for today's Parent Ed podcast because uh, as we hear Joe has mentioned, he doesn't just come with uh, his field experience of nearly 20 years in the social service sector working with parents, uh, children, teenagers, but he himself as a father of two uh, twins right now, and he has to literally, I believe, uh, live out what he preaches, what he teaches uh, to all the parents and the children out there. So let's start off. We're going to talk about the ABCs of parenting. Sounds easy, but is it really easy? Now we're going to let Joe have the spotlight. And Joe, maybe share with us what really is the ABCs of parenting and why should we pay so much attention about mm. it? Well, I guess if I were to put the A in terms of parenting, that would be atmosphere. The family atmosphere, the way communications happen at home, the child 
the parents themselves, how they're feeling at home. And we have heard of so many challenges that parents face, uh, young people face, students face of all ages. And a lot of times, many of these challenges actually goes back with them into the family space, the family environment. And I would say one of the most important piece uh, is the atmosphere that parents themselves consciously and intentionally create for their children. It can really start all the way from the moment the child is born, right from that day. It should continue on as they are growing up. For my own kids, of course, there are times when things are challenging, you know, misbehavior and all these things. But at the end of the day, the child must feel secure that they are coming back to a family, uh, you know, their parents, their mom and their dad uh, is there for them, understands them, will be able to really troubleshoot and be with them along their journey. So on this idea of our atmosphere, so one of the things that I do when I reach home is my usual practice, in fact, up to now, right at the corridor, I would already start to say, hey, everybody, I want to have a mental switch also for myself. Because I guess as a working parent, really the challenges of work is real. So you really want to give yourself that permission to have a switch, to be the caring parent that you want to be. I know it's not, not easy, but there can be certain cues that we give ourselves. So that's one of the things that I do. And then after stepping into the house, the next other thing that I will do is I'll go to the boys. I'll hug them, I'll kiss them, and I would not ask about their school. I'll just ask them, how's your day? And then the other things that I do is, of course, the body languaging part. Hugging them, you know, looking at them in their eyes. And as I ask the question, how's your day? Of course, sometimes they will not be like giving you that immediate answer, but it's okay. So it's all about just showing the message first. Even though my boy now, my older one is already 13, right? So we know the transition from a child to a teenager is, is always sometimes quite obvious. But I do feel that while it's obvious for them going through that transition, for us, we don't have to be taken aback when that happens. We just have to be providing that constant, consistent support, showing love, showing care and concern. Another maybe practical thing that I do is um, I still put them to sleep every night. In fact, this is a, a family thing. We are still sharing the room since birth up to now. I think because we, we have this very strong um, belief that the family doesn't have to be individualistic and that can cut across all um, domains in the family. So eating together, spending time together, sleeping together. I know it is a very sensitive subject. Some parents believe that they need their personal space. I totally understand that. But for us, we manage it. Now we're still sharing the room, so I put them to sleep. I give them massage every night, have bedtime talk. Last time was bedtime stories, but they have outgrown that stage. I'm so encouraged by Joe's sharing, and even as a host here, I'm just furiously <laughs> nodding my head at everything that he's sharing. Uh, either it really resonates uh, with my own personal parenting philosophy, or it's something that I really aspire to keep doing, even having a primary school each mm -hmm. child right now and I wish to continue with some of these good habits, routines yeah. that Joe you, you have just been mentioning. As I hear you share, you know, you talk about atmosphere but from what I hear from you, uh, this atmosphere has to be 
uh, driven quite a lot by the parents mm-hmm. setting the example and you, you started off talking about how even from the onset before reaching hope you are already psyching yourself up and I, I really totally feel that a lot of the working parents uh, listening to our podcast can really relate to this yeah. because we are so tired out by the end of the day maybe we had a bad day no matter how bad or good the day we're just physically worn out but yes. it's somehow when you come back home you have to raise the energy level so that your children can see it. Mm. Maybe Joe, talk us through how do you make that happen? Because the tiredness is so realistic, right? You know, but you're able to do that and you reach home, you hug and you have the rough housing and all those that you mentioned. How, how do you, are you able to achieve that? I guess it comes from somewhere even deeper because of my own growing up years as a teenager myself. To be honest, I've been through very rough time with my own dad. The growing up years was challenging. My dad being a bit more short-tempered, hot-tempered. So there were many times that there was conflicts and all this. So I grew up with that desire to want to be close or closer to my dad. Of course, I do remember times when we do spend time together. And I remember when I was younger, we would go for jogs around my estate. To me, that was my memory of time spent together and closeness, especially for fathers who may have a lot more holding back, not so expressive, and maybe even by myself, you know, so breadwinners, really bearing a lot of responsibilities. So sometimes we may tend to forget that part of us that really, you know, that love, that concern for the kids. From that space, I reminded myself that I want to be different. As a parent, I knew what I desire, what I hope for, what I just long for as a teenager. But then I could not quite receive it the way that I would wish it to be. In our own growing up years, there will be learning points that we have taken away. No parent is perfect, including myself now. So it's all about learning. It's all about being better. So that drove me to want to do different. In fact, that was also one of my uh, motivating reasons why I decided to work with young people uh, in social work. Yeah, as a social worker, learning from our own mistakes, from where we came from, and then just wanting to do that little bit better, I think that will be a very good starting point. Wow, you know, that really makes a whole lot of difference. You know, a little small step that you are taking mm-hmm. to want to be a better father, to want to be a better parent, but you know, the, the impact is just so amplified even to your children. Because just as you shared about your own parenting journey, how it influenced you and motivated you to be a better dad, and I can see and maybe even foresee how your children, as he watches your example, <laughs> they just leverage it on and say, hey, I want to do even better. Or if not, at least the same as what my dad has done for me. As we talk about atmosphere, one of the things that Joe, you shared that caught my attention was also about the togetherness. As we play, as we have fun together, it really sets the atmosphere. Or if sometimes we call it the temperature of the household. And I think that's so important. You know, no matter how busy we are, we keep in mind the bigger picture of yes. togetherness. Because if the home atmosphere is loving, warm, welcoming, the children desire to return home. Mm-hmm. It gives safety, it gives security as well. You know? yeah. So that is A, all right? For all the yes. listeners tuning in, that is the first of the ABCs of parenting. A, representing atmosphere, setting the right atmosphere. It takes effort, but it's worth the hard work. Let's go on to B. What is B, Joe? B, I would um, say that it is balance. 
But the concept and the notion of balance that I want to share with everyone is it's not the idea of having more on the work side or less on the family, personal side. Because we have heard so much about this uh, notion of work-life balance. And from all the different families or parents or even working adults that I've um, interacted with, it's always that idea of doing more here and then doing less over there. We end up juggling, right? A lot of juggling. And in fact, um, some even try to multitask. And uh, I think that is really very challenging to do for all working adults. The balance that I would like to maybe share or look at it from a perspective of is the inside, you know, the inner self, the ability to be true to who we are and interacting with the outside external world. So that congruence, okay? So the balance between our true inner self, who we truly are, what we feel, what we think, and then being in touch with the external environment, that congruence between the two worlds, which I feel that sometimes we tend to put up a front. There is no congruence, there is no real balance between our inside and our outside. So sometimes that can cause many to break down after a while, burn out after a while. So one of the things that uh, along my journey was when I began to discover mindfulness. I guess because of my work that I, I do. Um, so when I actually came across or got in touch with mindfulness, the practice of it, I started learning the technique. But then eventually I began to move into embracing the concept of it and then integrating that into my practice and into my life. And I felt that that became very powerful for me in the sense of just being very present, being very true to myself and in the different environments that I'm in, whether is it at home or whether is it at work. So it's the practice of that mindset that I want to be mindful wherever I am with the people I'm interacting with, the clients I'm working, helping parents, uh, even at home when I'm with my kids. I really want to be true to you know who I am and uh, when I'm interacting with them I try to be very present. That is also a challenge but at least the desire is there. I have also some practical things that I do which is I think all of us are very aware how the modern life is becoming very noisy, very distracting. Uh, a lot of things comes to us rather than we go to it. So one of the practical things that I do is my handphone is always on a do not disturb mode. Always. That has helped me a lot uh, in terms of managing some of these communications and my laptop notification is always off. So what I'm saying is uh, I have some of these practical ways that I learn how to deal with the things that comes into my space, my mental space, my mind space, and I allow myself to be in control, congruent of who I really am at that point in time. And if I want to get to some of the work stuff, then I go to it. I respond to it. In a sense, I'm in control. When I'm in my personal space as well, I guess because of the habit that is formed, my personal space is protected too. My family time is protected. I am able to plan. I'm able to move between the spaces and the conversations. Interestingly, Joe, maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit more because as I hear you share, I'm also very intrigued. Uh, I honestly, I must confess, I'm one that will struggle with the balance and the congruence uh, part, especially. But I can relate and understand where you're coming from about being fully present. You know, if I'm with my children, I'm the father, I'm the parent, and I play and I have fun and I, or I help them with their work. But when I'm doing my work, 
I am full on and not present and I'm doing my work. And the part where you talk about not allowing the work to crawl into our space and dictate us, but we go to the work that we have to do. But I honestly find it very hard and I wanted to hear from you as well. And I'm sure all the listeners are curious. Was it easy? I'm sure it wasn't easy, but what was your journey? Like, do you take very long to to arrive at that state where you're able Mm. to be where you are now? Uh, Take a lot of practice, take a lot of scolding by a wife I don't know <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I also do is physically you know train a lot the sports that I do we always have this idea that it's all out or nothing so you don't want to have a half big half past six kind of workout you just do one thing one time and do it well with that mindset it helped me to bring over into my work life the way I perceive things is that I want to be fully present at the moment for the thing or the people, the person that I'm having that chance to connect with or that thing that I'm doing. This whole notion about multitasking and trying to balance, it has gone beyond a point where it's manageable, I feel, for for most people. And in fact, uh, physiologically, we are not wired to multitask. I find that it's really because of my practice training wise so i come from that space and that has helped me so in my coach training one of the core competency that i'm focused on is really being present so the gift of being present for somebody it is either you are here or you're not here so that can't be in between and it's already very difficult in a sense to manage our inner conversations our inner dialogue I cannot imagine ourselves needing to manage the external as well. That's my learning. Wow. As you mentioned, the best present that we can give to our children of our home, you know, is our presence Mm. in a sense. So that really affirms and re-emphasizes what you have just mentioned about the congruence, about what we talk about balance, right? It's not what everybody sees right now, but balance in terms of that congruence to be fully present in your role and what you are called to do at that particular point in time. Mm. And I'm curious, you know, since you, you've been practicing so much, are your kids catching on to this as well? You know, because you talk about this world is very uh, complex and so many voices and things vying for our attention. How is it affecting your kids too? I think some of it is we definitely want to try to inculcate. At this moment in time, they are trying to leave out some of these practices like for example, um, my kids don't have a handphone device on their own yet. So most of the time is they will use ours. So that is one of the things we practically kind of like um, put some boundaries around. And then in terms of usage of devices and all this, we also limit their time in terms of usage. And then being present, I guess it rubs off. It comes back to the first part, the A, right? The atmosphere. So when we are present ourselves, they will also be involved in the conversations. So in the recent trip that we had to Chiang Mai, Thailand, we began to notice that uh, culture and environment plays a big part. So over there, we noticed a lot of uh, families, the interactions, and around the table, wherever they are, they are connecting. They are talking. (laughs) There's a lot of face time. Not screen time, FaceTime. Then we realized when we transited back to Singapore, we realized a lot of people, families, individuals around the table, they are actually having screen time, not connecting. So we felt that really the atmosphere plays a big, big part. I think what we can do is really to focus on what we want to teach and share and inculcate to our kids. 
it's really encouraging to hear that you know how your children are embracing it as well because of the modeling that you're mm. they're seeing from you uh, and as well as the atmosphere that uh, you have been setting on the home front and it's so important too because our children are also living in a time where mm. there's so many things that want their attention you know and they tend to get caught up in if i borrow your words earlier joe multitasking Mm. thinking that it's more efficient more effective but actually maybe sometimes the most effective way is coming back to the old school basics <laughs> of being focused being present mm. and what you do i definitely hear you that one of the practical way of staying balanced right uh, has got to do with how we handle our devices uh, too <laughs> you know whether is it switching off notifications mm. whether is it putting the device out of sight, even for yeah. that moment. In my journey as a parent, as, and I've, I've learned from many parenting uh, mentors in my life, and one of the things they told me is that just putting aside your device or mm. your phone is a big help because the, of the messaging it sends, especially mm. to your family members or your children. Yeah. You know, sometimes the phone is on the table and it's beeping constantly, <laughs> uh, even though we may not respond to it, but it gives the signal to the other people at the table that this thing the fact that it has a place on the table <laughs> it is seemingly more important than maybe our conversations yeah. or each other's presence. Yeah. So thank you, Joe, for reminding us about the importance of balance, having that congruence, internal, external, uh, and more importantly, being present mm. um, on the occasion, especially for our children, right? So that's B. We've talked about A, setting the right atmosphere on the home front. B, having that balance within ourselves in the mm. way we execute it and demonstrating to our children and let's talk about the last one bring us through what is the last one c the mm. abcs of parenting the last one c would be consistency for parents um, today there is no one that is able to do every day perfect what we want to aim for is as long as we are able to aim for consistency on a re regular daily basis to check in with ourselves the idea is not to aim for 100% perfection every day, but the idea is to just aim for 70% every day. I take this idea from the training, you know, um, in terms of fitness, we do not go all out every day. It's not possible. Your body will wear and tear, right? But the idea is over time, if you can just do consistently, 60-70% consistently every day, that is already a very good routine that you're getting into. So likewise uh, with our kids, it is really about being disciplined in some of this and the kids will actually catch it. And once they catch it, it becomes a habit. One particular thing is that uh, my kids knows that there are some things that they have to do when they come back from play. Okay? Because I, I, I allow them to go down to play and all. So when they come back, the few things, they must go up and change and shower so that is one very big thing that i emphasize simple things like this when they come back from school so i'm consistent i'm consistent in greeting them so now when they come back from school they also kind of like pick it up and i greet them they greet me back so some of these things is really about taking that the small steps and then you just initiate it and you do it regularly enough and you reinforce. So the idea is consistently doing and then reinforcing. You gotta pick your battles. Lah. Some things maybe it's not worth like going against all the time, but focus on things that is worth focusing on and then like use those structures as you build around it and consistently just reinforcing it, uh, encouraging them when they do it as well. Overall, the whole family culture is built up over time. 
that really sounds like sports, like what you mentioned, you know, mm. being in the fitness, being in sports, where even like you mentioned earlier, even in the training, it's about being consistent. Mm. But that little bit of effort that we maintain or put in every day, it does amounts to something in the mm. long run. So it sounds like it may look boring sometimes every day, you know, doing the same old <laughs> thing, you know, consistency can look boring sometimes. Mm. But yet what I hear from Joe is that if we practice it, we maintain that consistency, it actually goes beyond just behavior. But you are establishing the importance of certain maybe values, especially family values that you believe. I think on that note, I, I want to ask Joe, you know, because in the current world that we live in right now, I don't hear a lot about consistency when it comes to in the parenting world. I hear a lot of consistency when it comes to work. Hmm. Parenting world because, wow, parents are working and we come back so late from work. So when we come back home, we just let loose and have fun. So consistency sometimes might be the first thing that we throw out of the window <laughs> just to have more time, be a bit more loose so that we can in the name of building that relationship with our children. How do you see it? And as you try to establish consistency in your own parenting approach, you know, sometimes does it differ from many of the parents that are around? And is it a struggle mm. for you? For me, I look at parenting more as first a role rather than a set of activities and tasks. So I think about being a parent in terms of the primary roles that I'm called to be. Then comes the doing bit. So I find that it's helpful for me as I think about consistency. So I need to be consistently caring for my kids, for example. If I translate that into the doing bit, then of course the context would comes into play, right? The caring for them when they are at the three years old, at the five years old, seven years old, 10 years old, um, that is the contextual part. So that will be different. And I'm called to be, you know, like a disciplinarian. So that's also one of my role. Disciplining them in good times, disciplining them in not so good times, right? When they're misbehaving. I think of it consistency in terms of my roles. Um, those will not change. Those will stay. And in fact, some of the roles may also evolve because Parenting a toddler, parenting a preteen, parenting a teen, our roles do shift slightly uh, as parents. So when I think of it that way, then I can be consistent. I'm not so up and down. I'm not so caught up by what I need to do. So it becomes very checklist, which I personally, I do not subscribe to. It's not so much of what I doing but really more of who I am to my kids. If we can identify a few primary key roles that we'd like to focus on for our kids, I think that will be helpful. There's so much truth in that because I think often as parents, especially we get caught up in the daily hustle and the bustles, mm. you know, sometimes parenting can look like we're just trying to fulfill a series of activities to get done, especially on the weekend, right? Because we're so busy on the weekdays, weekend comes and we're just thinking, okay, I need to go here, do this, do that. Mm. And then uh, we're like fulfilling a checklist, mm. like what you mentioned, but we got to be reminded again, as we talk about consistency, what is our role as a parent? What do we want to achieve? And we need to think of that in a spectrum because our children, are not stagnating, they are growing up mm. in their journey. As Joe mentioned, your role as a parent to a toddler, to a preteen, a teenager, it will be very different. I'm yep. hosting this podcast, but 
you know, I'm like blessed and enriched hearing Joe's sharing. All of us tuning into this podcast, Joe has just shared with us the ABCs of parenting. And let me recollect for all of us, A representing the atmosphere, setting the right atmosphere at home for a healthy child's development. B stands for balance, having that congruency between what's inside us and our roles outside as well. And of course, uh, ensuring that our children have a balanced lifestyle, especially now we live in a very highly digital age too. And lastly, consistency, being consistent in uh, our routines, our discipline, managing expectations uh, as well. I hope you have been enriched by Joe's sharing. Joe, I'm not going to let you off so quickly. I'm going to let you have the last encouragement or advice for all our parent listeners as we close off this podcast. Share with us how we as parents can adapt our approach or parenting styles to accommodate our child's changing needs, especially many of us are quite fearful of this particular period called the teenage angsty years. Right. How would you encourage all our listeners to adapt to the child's changing needs? I would encourage all parents to create some space for themselves to think about what sort of parents and parenting that they would like um, to provide and to be for their family, for their kids. Don't have this thinking or mentality that it is um, something that they need to do, something they need to rush into but really take it a more intentional and more mindful kind of approach be a bit more reflective right uh everyone will be different every family will be different every kid will be different so by taking a more reflective approach not rush into things and then not sign up for this and that have a more introspective uh, reflective approach and then from that space come out with your own set of solutions ideas and enjoy the journey I must say, you really must enjoy the journey because it's not a cookie-cutter kind of a formula that you follow. <laughs> yes, yeah. enjoy the journey. I think that is so important. A big reminder for all of us as parents, uh, as Joe has reminded uh, us again, that parenting is a journey. And as we look at it, you know, there are times that we're going to make mistakes. It's okay. Go easy on ourselves. We keep trying and not giving up. And always remember that you know, how we parent our children, our children are also looking at us, our response, our behaviors, our values, and they are learning. And in future, when they grow up to be parents themselves, they are learning what they are receiving from us too. Let me end off with a candid sharing because in many of my engagement with parent um, mentors, experts like Joe themselves, we always tell ourselves, parenting is like a walk in a park. Yes, Jurassic Park. <laughs> where you have a lot of surprises, where you have times are tough sometimes, but there's also a fun journey and an experience mm -hmm. once in a lifetime. So a big shout out of encouragement uh, for all of us listeners to our parent podcast in this Jurassic Park parenting journey. Be courageous. Keep on going. All right. Keep showing love. Keep showing up with love and forgiveness, encouragement for your children because the little that you sow in today, day by day, the building block every day, it will pay back in dividends. There will be that ROI, the return on investment that you put in every day. For those of us who have been tuning in on this Parent Podcast episode, I hope you have been encouraged, you have gained some practical tips and especially more important so uh, feel that you're not alone. We are all here journeying together with you. 
If you are looking for more parenting resources, do visit our website at family.org.sg. Do also share this podcast with a friend who may benefit from all the tips that Joe has shared with us. So on that note, I want to just say a big thank you to Joe for mm. being with us on this episode. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. So be sure to catch us on our next Parent Ed podcast to learn and grow in your parenting journey. Until next time, have a great week with your family. Mm.